0: Welcome to the first episode of Social Airplanes. These are your hosts, Robert and Vincent. Due to a recent incident in aviation, we're going to talk about this Boeing 737-500. Uh,
1: well, the Boeing 737-500 is a short to medium range aircraft with a long service of 26 years with a strong safety record. Uh, I would feel very safe on this plane. It is actually an update from the 200-400 due to the high demands, which also makes it have engines of CFM-56 engines, which is stronger engines with a 25% increase in fuel efficiency at the same time. And now, over 100 are still in service after 26 years. It's actually one of the most successful commercial aircraft produced. Ain't that right, Robert?
0: Yes, that is correct. And it's also a part of the Boeing 737 Classic family. It is also a favorite of Russian Airlines, or at least it was, and then the U.S. became a large, uh, customer, and started buying the Dash 200 and Dash 400, and then again the Dash 500 series there So, uh, Robert, why do you think the
1: 737 family is so popular? Like, why isn't the, 7- the
0: 777
1: series popular?
0: Well, the Triple Seven series is very popular, in fact. In fact, it is the, uh, the best selling wide body aircraft on the market besides the Airbus A330. But the 737 family is so popular because it is really good for short to medium range flights. And it promises a lower fuel costs because it has a much higher fuel efficiency than competitors. It is currently competing with the Airbus A320, which is also a very successful commercial aircraft if not more successful than the 737.
1: And uh, what makes the 737 family so
0: fuel efficient? Well, most fuel efficiency is based upon the engines. The, For example, the Boeing 737 MAX is powered by CFM LEAP-1B engines, which have a very high fuel efficiency, and manufacturers are trying to get it on their planes as well as the uh, Boeing.
1: And you um you said it compares to the Airbus A320, right?
0: Yes, that is correct.
1: Yes, uh, describe like the comparison between the A320 and this Boeing 737.
0: Well, you could say the primary difference is the flight deck. <laughs> Both of them serve the same purpose, that is, transporting passengers across a fairly short route with high fuel efficiency. The main differences in the flight deck are the controls of the aircraft. Airbus is uh, going for a lowered pilot workload while uh, even though both manufacturers are trying to achieve that, Airbus uses a side stick as their primary control for the aircraft and uh, Bo- and uh, Boeing uses a yoke. However, both use fly-by-wire, which is a common misconception that Boeing does not use fly-by-wire, even though they do. Um, there are not that many differences, both are very good planes and I feel and, uh, safe both of them. Oh, and uh, what are fly-by-wires? Fly by well, a fly-by-wire is that where instead of the pilots controlling the flight controls directly, instead they put their inputs into a computer, which then decides how to move the flight controls.
1: Ah, I see. Um, so, Robert, recently there has been a plane crash in Indonesia involving a Boeing 737-500 with 62 casualties. What do you think could have happened in, in that incident?
0: Well, since Indonesia has a history of low maintenance on their aircraft, I believe it could be maintenance and so do other aviation professionals and investigators. Of course. Uh, and what What about the black box
1: or the CVRs like, that record all the data from the cockpits the cabin so that, you know, investigators can find out what really happened before the crash?
0: Yes, those were in fact recovered recently by divers uh, about two days after the crash itself. And uh, the media really hasn't gotten out of what was in it, or maybe they don't know either. Uh, but I hope to come up with that information later on, so there's really not much information out on it now. I
1: see. And um, let's, let's make some predictions.
0: What do you think could be
1: on, and what could be heard, like what do you think could be heard on the black box, or the CVR?
0: Well, most likely the pilot-to-pilot communications, as well as air traffic control, but that's on the CVR. On flight data recorders, you could see flight control inputs and other flight systems that were interacted with by the pilots and uh, what do you think this
1: means for uh, the boeing 737-500 i mean it has 26 years clocked in and a really really strong reputation for being really safe in the air how would you feel in a 737-500
0: well well personally i would still feel safe on board as I know it is most likely just a maintenance issue and likely to never happen again, and there's still only 100 aircraft in service, so that's not really going to be much of an issue. I don't plan to fly much on the 737-500, it's going out of service, so I would prefer to go on more modern aircraft such as the 737
1: MAX. Um, well, heartfelt condolences to the family in Indonesia. Uh, we are terribly sorry for your loss, and I uh, hope you guys can get through it. So, Robert, the biggest debate in history and uh, a lot of uh, stuff that our, our colleagues and uh, fellow peers say. Boeing versus Airbus. What do you think wow, about it?
0: this is a harsh thing, Vincent.
1: Yeah, I see. I know, I brought it up. and You didn't want me to bring it up, but I had to. So, what are you, Robert? Boeing or Airbus? Well, I will take Boeing's side for this argument. Uh, I see. Leaving me to take Airbus. So, Robert... What? What's What's? What's? What's with
0: it with Boeing, huh? What's with it? Well, Vincent, I could ask you the same thing about Airbus, but I'm a rabid Boeing fan because of the amount of control pilots have over the aircraft. While Airbus has, yes, it has pretty good pilot workload, Boeing may have more, but that is important to me.
1: But, you see, Robert, if you take a look into your cockpit, it just looks like a bunch of nails and balls that you have to t- twist around or press. It's just the Airbus, I mean, the Airbus, like, layout is just so much more convenient. It's all screens, and have side buttons, it's just so much more easier to read and convenient. Instead of, it's, instead of having to, like, navigate the whole top circuit board, just to,
0: just to find one button that you have to press or switch or turn. All right, Vincent. Well, unlike an Airbus and a Boeing, you actually do something. And in case you haven't seen inside the Boeing Seven Three Seven Max flight deck, you can see four enormous monitors that uh, decrease the pilot workload and show a lot of information without actually having. Well, Robert, with modern comes comfort. You are
1: crammed into a really tight seating position for a long time especially for those long distant journeys and you don't have a tray table nor electrically powered chairs meaning you have almost no comfort
0: especially with that even smaller cockpit of your while i do admit that airbus is really good for pilot comfort several of the things that you said are equipped in the airbus flight deck are also equipped in the boeing flight deck for example, in a Boeing, you can also electronically operate your chairs to move back and to the side to allow uh, ease of getting into the seat for the pilots. Also, the Boeing 787 is in fact equipped with a tray table for the pilots. But then again, that is only on the 787, so I will give Airbus that point. And uh, Robert, what's your crosswind limit? It is
1: 33 knots. Oh, come on, Robert. I'm pretty sure an Airbus can do better than that. Usually, an Airbus has 38 knots for takeoff and landing for crosswind limits.
0: Well, that is true. Airbus does have a higher crosswind limit, but then again, Airbus also has a larger body, so that is equivalent to a larger crosswind limit margin. Airbus A320 has practically turned into an A350. It's now being designed for more long range than it is for short to medium range and no longer serves pretty much the same purpose as the 737. They've become two aircraft of different classes. Airbus A320's place is basically being taken up by the Airbus A220. So, what well, what's the crosswind limit for the Airbus A220?
1: Well, Robert, the crosswind limits are 26 knots. But what about your cabin, okay? That cabin is so small, and especially for like Emirates or really high-priced tickets like first class in other airlines such as Emirates or Etihad, it's just a real pain to like have to squeeze everything inside like a little cabin like a overhead bin it's just really annoying instead you can have an airbus cabin which has more space so if you are paying a fortune you get that nice luxury of comfort and not having to shove all your luggage in your
0: seat well then since i believe you're only referring to the 737 which is not a long-range airliner did you know that emirates does in fact own a lot of boeing triple sevens You know that, Vincent.
1: Well, Robert, I'll give you the point there, but let's even the playing field. You stick with your Boeing 747, and I'll stick with my trusty, Airbus A380. So, first question, what's your maximum distance? Because my maximum distance is 8,000 nautical miles.
0: Well, Vincent, my range is 7,730 nautical miles. Also, Vincent, did you know that Boeing invented the jumbo jet?
1: Okay, I gotta admit it, you guys were the founders, but we did upgrade it and tune it to be way better than your 747. We made it so that we can store up to 40% more passengers.
0: Did you know that the Boeing 747 was originally intended to be cargo instead of passenger? It was only after Pan American asked Boeing specifically to make it a passenger carrier. Well, in the end, I think we can all concur that both aircraft are very good and they should remain with their sole purposes of transporting people and cargo.
1: But Airbus is still Well, it's official. Trump's impeached and he's also the first ever president to be impeached twice. And worst of all, he's banned from all social media platforms. Why? Because he spread false, false info about the election and praised the protesters that raided the Capitol. Robert, what do you think about this?
0: Well, I think this is basically insurrection, it's not a peaceful protest, one woman was shot and killed after trying to climb in through a window, but really, what is to be expected? I mean, they're holding you at gunpoint, so, what are you going to do? Um,
1: yeah, so, uh, now that there has been recent reports, uh, I mean, due to recent reports, there has been threats that people are going to raid the Capitol again, but this time they're going to be armed. If President Trump steps out of office, what do you think could? What else do you think could happen on the twentieth of January at high noon?
0: Well, I think there is going to definitely be some presence of some protesters. However, I think they're going to remain nonviolent, especially after seeing national guards. There are over twenty national, twenty thousand national guards. And they uh, have been given the authority to fire upon any trespassers.
1: Uh, but I think these protesters are really strong with their idea that they want to eliminate democratic ideology from the government. So I think, you know, they could be coming. What do you think? Do you think this, you know, the National Guard is ready to, uh, you know, take care of the protesters?
0: Well... Uh they are armed so i, I don't think yes there's
1: but inc- um yes sorry sorry you finish sorry. no no please oh well you see but so are the protesters this time they're going to come armed i mean i'm not sure all of them are going to come armed but i'm pretty sure the majority are going to come
0: yeah most of them will be armed but uh how many do you think how many protesters do you think there will be this time vincent
1: Well, I think there will be, um, I think around the same, I think about the same. It's just like, I think just most of his protesters, maybe the same amount of people that came to the Capitol riot, I would say. Right, yeah. Well, well, with uh, President Trump stepping down from office and uh, Joe Biden stepping in, Robert, what do you think this means for our country? How do you think uh, Biden would affect our country and how would he do during his four-year run?
0: Well, I certainly hope that President-elect Joe Biden, soon to be president, will recover from these unfortunate things that have been caused by protesters such as damage to the White House itself and some political disagreements within the country itself. And um, do you think
1: that there could be maybe civil unrest, like more civil unrest when he finally is president? Do you think there's just going to be more civil unrest, or do you think it's going to get better
0: over time? Well, over time, we're certainly going to recover from this, at least. That's what I hope will happen. Mm -hmm. But I really don't think that, while it is a very harsh political topic, I don't think that there's going to be much... Violence within the country about it, other than some serious disagreements between people. And uh, Vincent, how do you think he will address income inequality? Uh, well, I think Biden has some pretty
1: good plans. I mean, during the campaign, he did say he was going to, uh, you know, uh, increase tax twenty one to twenty eight percent for corporate, and uh, you know, among other changes. Which, uh, outside groups actually estimate that he could raise over $3 trillion over the next decade, which is actually money welcome for the pandemic and after the pandemic.
0: And what if a new president changes that?
1: Well, Robert, if a president changes that, then that's a pretty bad thing because the pandemic has caused America to go into a lot of debt, which is not good. So... I hope the next president will be able to know that he's trying to, uh, uh, you know, try to pay off America's national debt. But I do agree with you. It's not going to be really good. I mean, there could be more protests from Republicans and business groups who, uh, you know, could like have to shut down because they can't pay their taxes and they just can't pay their rent. And uh, so I think it's... Um, it's kind of a neutral thing. It's like, it's not really a win-win situation. It's something that has to be really thought through deeply.
0: And how do you think uh, Biden will end President Trump's uh, trade war with other countries?
1: Well, I think he's going to try to like become one as a whole more of uh, instead of like Trump, which is like, he's like criticizing other leaders and like attacking allies such as like the Russia or like some allied countries. Or applying new border taxes on imports from other places around the world um, for merchandise Biden on the other hand has taken another approach just he wants to become allies become friendly but still have the aggressive action and like take aggressive action to get what he needs for this country so I think um, I think Biden will definitely make trading around the world a little more easier make it a more you know make it easier for um other countries to trade with uh, the U.S. Well, Robert, as you know, racism is a big problem here in the U.S. going on for more than over 200 years. I was just wondering, what do you think Biden will do to maybe get rid of it or maybe try to at least stop it or reduce, like, it's just, like, common you know,
0: well, currency I that, around here? I believe that he will try to make black and white communities grow together instead of um, making them grow apart
1: and And, uh, how would he do that?
0: Well, that's up to the president. Uh, I don't exactly know, he did reveal some plans but we don't know how those plans are going to progress over time.
1: Um, so Robert, what do you think Biden will do to end uh, mass incarceration?
0: Well that's... Primarily up to the American people, how they obey the law. However, as there have been many events where law enforcement did did falsely imprison many people, uh, we could unite uh, American people and law enforcement together, instead of them being in two completely different worlds. So, speaking of police and discrimination, what is Black Lives Matter?
1: Uh, Well, Robert, Black Lives Matter is a movement co-founded by three black women after the murder of Trayvon Martin in 2013, and it really gained popularity in 2014 uh, after the shooting of Michael Brown. But I think it's like at its top uh, in 2020, actually, when uh, George Floyd was recently murdered.
0: Right. And what are the goals of Black Lives Matter?
1: well uh black lives matter their goal is to end discrimination and have full recognition of human rights for black people they're trying to end police brutality the murder of people of color and uh, mass incarceration for the black
0: okay but don't all lives matter
1: well uh yes robert um everyone's dignity and honor is valued but we have to shine the spotlight on some serious issues in the system towards Black people specifically, um, we need to like break the mentality between Black people and how they all the stereotypes they are associated with.
0: Right, and um, Black Lives Matter protests are known to be violent sometimes, so.
1: Well, actually, uh, yes, um, due to, uh, I guess, maybe the police, I guess, recent pro- Black Lives Matter process have been very violent. Uh, well, actually, with the violence, actually comes with a lot of looting.
0: Right, and um, there have been a lot of broken windows as well, and uh, m- many um, uh, shops had to close down, and uh, cities went on curfew orders. And no one was allowed to go outside.
1: And uh, actually, after uh, BML and all the protests and looting, there has actually been a huge spike in votes during voting, se- voting season. Like, such as in Maryland, there were about 2,000 votes compared to the 19,000 votes at the last election.
0: Yeah, those are some uh, serious changes in numbers, and what do you think the cause of it was? think it's I think
1: it's, uh, I think it's uh, an effective way for uh, African Americans to uh, affect the change in uh, our uh, politicians and to change uh, our country for them
0: right yeah I can agree with that um, but um, who's the candidate they voted for uh, actually president-elect Joe Biden ah so Yeah, President-elect Joe Biden uh, had offered a lot of things in his uh, campaign speech. He has offered a better black community, along with the white one. So, it makes sense why BLM would vote for him.
1: Uh, Actually, Robert, um, isn't your favorite country to go to Hungary? Like, especially Budapest, Hungary? I heard it's really beautiful there, like you said.
0: Yeah, I do enjoy going there a lot, yeah.
1: And uh, what do you think Biden will... Do with uh, Hungary.
0: Well, since U.S. presidents have not visited Hungary recently, Biden is the Biden ad- administration is planning to um return to Hungary, um to increase um, Hungarian and American relationships, which is very important to sustain a, a good political environment with other European nations. I actually recently
1: I heard that the prescription drug prices are actually skyrocketing in pharmacies worldwide. What do you think Biden will do? Because I heard Biden will decrease prices for uh, medical care. So what do you think he'll do for these skyrocketing prescription prices?
0: Uh, right. Um, so th- there is currently an existing law that, will, that um, does not allow Medicare to negotiate prices with drug manufacturers. So that's one primary reason why drug prices are really going up high. Um, Biden's plan is to repeal that law. And um, that, that's going to allow for lower prices to be made. And he's also going to limit prices for some um, abusively-priced generic drugs, like um, acetaminophen would be one. That's um, common pain medicine. And um, yeah, there's really not much he, else he can do unless organizing something with the FDA. Uh, so, Robert, what do you think Biden... What, what do you think his plans are to uh,
1: combat COVID-19? And do you think they are effective?
0: Well, most likely one of his primary plans will be... Um, to protect frontline workers. That um, minimizes the spread of COVID-19. Which um, will definitely be effective. As, uh, you know, frontline workers are uh, absolutely ideal... Of to, For transporting um, patients infected.
1: hmm
0: And, of course... Um, uh, for some national emergency response, um, th- um, there may be more emergency centers built, such as hospitals or other em- emergency centers, um, and um, cost barriers are also going to be reduced, so care for COVID-19 and treatment will be not as costly, and um, it will be, and it will be able to be accessed by the common public soon enough. So, I would like to put a bit more information on the talk about frontline workers because oh, their job yeah. is very necessary during these mm-hmm, difficult yeah, times. So, how does the Biden plan help the these healthcare workers?
1: Uh, well, actually, Biden plans to uh, prioritize giving high-quality and appropriate protection equipment uh, to and also proper training to use such equipment so they don't become infected to the essential workers and uh, first-line responders. As uh, their job is actually really important. They uh, save lives and they put a lot of hours and uh, they, they just, they save lives. They're really important. And I think Biden is definitely correct with, uh, and I think he's right about prioritizing, you know, protective equipment for these people.
0: Yeah, of course. It's very crucial and uh, it all allows lives to be saved. It's a very efficient plan, I think.
1: Robert, I just realized. What COVID treatments are states integrating into their healthcare?
0: Well, for example, let's take the most populous state, California, right? Yeah. So, uh, California pla- uh, is already giving vaccinations to, I believe it was uh, uh, 65. They lowered the age to 65.
1: Yeah. Yep, they lowered to 65
0: and up. Yes, so... Um, they will now be given vaccinations, and that's important to stop the spread. And um, hopefully, the Biden plans soon hopes to get vaccinations out to everyone and make sure that everyone is protected. But, of, um, course. Mm-hmm. And, uh, of course. And of course, as we speak, vaccines are being researched for the newer um, uh, coronavirus viruses. So... I believe that everyone is doing very well and Biden only hopes to increase the efficiency of our healthcare. So while all this is important, of course, um, for the vaccinations to be out in the public, people need, you know, money. So why don't we talk about uh, Biden's monetary problems and his solutions? Um,
1: yeah, so actually um, the paid leave plan that he has will actually create a uh, fund that will be able to cover 100% of weekly salaries and actually average a $72,800 for your salary, if you are on paid leave. Uh, This paid leave actually applies for sick workers, workers with uh, family, uh, people who are unable to continue work, maybe because of uh, their health conditions or because they got hurt and children care assistants and domestic workers caregivers all that all those people and um i think it's actually really beneficial to help these people i mean it is really dire times and i think this extra money will help people maybe live you know a little bit easier knowing that they are not going to go broke and they have enough money to support them and their families
0: yeah that's all very important and i really do appreciate Biden taking all this time to work the, these solutions out. They seem like they're going to be, they're going to prove very useful later on.
1: Yeah, and I also heard uh, he's actually changing the stimulus checks uh, from the average $600 Trump was proposing to uh, the new actually priced $2,000 a month. So I think, you know, he's really upping his game. And I think he really cares about the economy and that he's really going to help the economy you know, thrive and grow as a country. Yeah, it's going to be
0: very important. Well, with the start of the new year, we can safely say that it's already been a very complicated start, And but the recent things that we've been through this podcast has proved that it will get better and even though, yes, there, there has been a Boeing 737 incident, which has only decreased Boeing stock prices and hasn't really caused much good. However, um, as Vincent will talk about in a moment, Biden's plans will prove greatly beneficial uh, later on this year.
1: Yeah, you know, I think Biden, I think we are on the right track for this year. I think with Biden the under presidency in office, I think he will really benefit this country And I think we, I think he will end coronavirus for us all.
0: Well, maybe not that, but. Well, yeah. But he will certainly improve the situation and make the public much safer as we all want it to be. Thank you for tuning in to Social Airplanes, and we hope to see you again soon.
1: And also be sure to follow us on our Instagram, socialairplanes.com. No space, no caps. And please email us at socialairplanes.com. Same thing. No space, no caps. Anyways, thank you guys for tuning in and we will see you next week.